Hey, everybody. Welcome to On the Home Front. John Murphy here. Happy to share some time with you on the radio. You might be getting us live on WILI AM 1400 or 95.3 on the FM digital. Also, we are on YouTube. Our programs, all the afternoon shows are also video recorded for YouTube. WILI has a channel where you can get all these shows later on, so you can get these programs anytime to connect to our guests. We have another busy show today. At the end of the show, we'll talk about arts funding and support for the arts in the area. Uh, in, in a short while, we'll talk about the Wyndham Theater Guild. They have a new production coming up of Steel Magnolias. And we're going to open up with Taste to Towns, which is currently in its third year. It's a great celebration of food and culture and restaurants connecting our area between here and up in stores, Mansfield. We've got three people in the house, as you can see. It's a full house today, and they're going to share stories to help to tell you about this great event coming up very soon. I'm very happy to have Chris McNabo back in the house. She's been here wearing many hats over the years, but this time it's the Willimantic Downtown Neighborhood Association. Thanks for being here, Chris. Thanks for having me, John. Also, Steve Smith is here from the Fenton River Grill. He was, he's been there for many years as well as he, he also ran Dog Lane up in stores. After all of our years, Steve, we finally get you in the studio. Glad to be here. Thank yeah, you. It's really great to have you on board. And also, we have Andrew Matika from the Willie Brew. He's been there for 16 years. I mean, wish uh, and David well. He's got a little bit of a cold bug today. Dave Walner, we send you our best, and we're glad to have you with us today. Thanks for having me. So Chris is going to blast off and give us an idea of the concept a few years ago where Taste to Town started and what they're trying to do during this special time period. Well, you know, for locals, Willimantic is uh, still a town that they know and love, and it's a close-knit community. Uh, connected through a lot of restaurants and other shops that we have here. And as this district here in downtown Willimantic has grown, it really gives us a lot of pride in town to be able to showcase our restaurants. Um, with trends to have people shop locally and eat locally, we're really, it's an opportunity uh, for Willimantic to shine. And we thought, what, a be what better way can we shine than to... Uh, really joined forces with our neighbors down the road, as you said, in um, in Mansfield to really showcase the diversity of, of uh, tastes that exist in our area here. Um, there's over 20 restaurants. We have actually 24 restaurants right now Very that are nice. joining to open their doors for this event. Um, and it's everything from chef-driven full-service establishments to counter-service favorites, and there's something for everyone. Taste Two Towns caters to everybody's palate. Um, we will uh, be having a variety of restaurants fe featuring uh, creative takeout menus, um, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, every meal is, is on the docket for you to try, and then there's price fix uh, meals in uh, some of the sit-down restaurants that will allow you to try things that perhaps you haven't tried before. Maybe it wasn't something that you came in to sample, and now you're going to have a chance to try something that's a little bit different from your normal fare. I think that's one of the nice things about it, because you have a chance to try a couple of locations that you might go to normally, but they're going to give you something that's off the menu, so to speak, something special. That's right. Yeah. And we have so many different ethnic restaurants in the area that it's yeah. a chance to try a lot of things that you might not have tried before. And perhaps you've gone to some of the full-service restaurants and you just didn't know what to have. This is an opportunity to try some of those things that you might not have tried before. So people are really putting their best foot forward so that we can uh, have a great sampling of local fare. Yeah. 
Well, Steve, let me bring you in now because you're part of a group of several restaurants that have been here for decades. It's Green Valley Hospitality, starting up at the Vanilla Bean and now, of course, Dog Lane and Fenton River Grill. Uh, so how are you guys planning to participate in, you know, the menu options and things of that nature? So for Fenton River Grill, we have um, a prefix menu with three courses. Um, the very first year we did it, I was told it was too much food. And yet everybody cleaned their plates. It was an appetizer. You get to choose from our, I would call them famous Brussels sprouts now because oh, that's man. what we're known for, which is kind of odd. But I've indulged. <laughs> They're good. And then the fried cauliflower with sweet Thai chili sauce. Those are your appetizer choices. And then for entrees, we have um, our Faroe Island salmon or the Moroccan chicken. And then for dessert, uh, a gluten-free chocolate cake or a tiramisu. So, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And... You know, the thing about it is when we first did it, I thought, well, I mean, and it's $35. That's our prefix cost. And it's I think it's a great deal. But um, the cool thing is that we had people come in who have lived in town who have not been here, you know, who have uh, not been to our restaurants. Yeah, and, you know, right. you know, Dog Lane's been there for 11 years and we had people who lived in town who hadn't been there yet. So it was and they came because of it. And so I think. It's still good exposure. It's great exposure for new coming restaurants. So the restaurants that are maybe just opening up or have been open for a shorter time. That's right. It gets people in that maybe wouldn't have come otherwise. Right. Um, and then they discover you and they're like, wow, this is great. And, you know, the hook is you just got to get them in the door. And then once you get them in, you got to keep them and, and get them to come back. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, also in our area between the stores and, you know, Willimantic, but the two large schools... People come and go. Yep. There's always new people coming in the community. It's a, it's, it's a great way to learn quickly. That's yep. right. That's right. So, uh, Dave, how about yourself now? What plans do you guys have at Willie Brew? Um, so we're doing something pretty similar. Uh, we're also doing a three-course uh, menu, and we're featuring some, you know, unique items as well as some menu favorites. Um, we're starting off with an appetizer course. Uh, that's an artichoke and spinach dip, a New England clam chowder, or a roasted vegetable brewer's bread uh, bruschetta, which is made on our house-baked brewer's bread. Uh, and for our main course, we're doing four different uh, choices. We're doing a maple salmon, uh, eggplant parmesan over linguine, um, a colonial chicken stew, and a vegan vegetable lasagna. And then we have a couple dessert choices, a couple uh, fruit pies, and then we're doing our uh, new chocolate mousse cake, which we're becoming famous for. We've always had our chocolate mousse, but now we've kind of incorporated it with this stout-laden chocolate cake, and it's covered with a chocolate ganache. It's you really can't you can't go wrong with it. It walks all by itself. It, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we've been getting a lot of fanfare for it recently. Um, but one thing that we're trying to concentrate on is having a gluten-free option, as well as yeah. a vegan option for each of the three courses, because we you know we don't want to ostracize someone just because they have specific dietary needs. Absolutely. Um, so that's one thing that we're really trying to push forward. Um, so even if it doesn't list it, ask for it, um, because we can probably help you out and provide it. Yeah. I'm sure both of you guys, you know, being in the business for so long, know how important it is for, like, gluten. People are just more aware now of what might have been a longstanding issue. Now they've identified these things to help people avoid problems, right? But people also are beginning to understand how expensive food is. When you go shopping for your family in the, in the grocery store, it's high. Yeah. When you try to provide higher quality food to share, that's an economic challenge. 
How do you guys think that's working the last year or two? Are you guys kind of, you know, after COVID, are the prices kind of getting back to where they were before? Do you feel there are less choices for your menu items? How is it playing for you, providing this? I think it's people go to the grocery store and they see the, the high prices where, you know, in some, some cases they've doubled. And, you know, then they come to the restaurant and they don't balk anymore at, say, something that might have been too expensive before for them. They go... That makes sense. And also, yeah, we, we cook it, we clean, you, we yeah. do all that, and you're treating yourself. And I feel like um, in, the, in the old days and before COVID, uh, that's sad to say old days, but <laughs> in, yeah. in those days prior to COVID, you know, people would go out um, and, and they, would, they would see things that they couldn't make at home or wouldn't make at home. And I feel like that was, you know, now more than ever, I feel like people are going out and trying things that um, – you know, sometimes they come to us and they just get a pizza, but um, sometimes they're coming out and they're getting maybe a lamb dish or a duck dish or right. or something that they wouldn't get, they wouldn't make at home. And I feel like that's what restaurants provide that um, a little bit of both, a little bit of the comfort and a little bit of things that you're not going to make uh, at home or wouldn't yeah. normally. And I think people are appreciating how hard the work is Yeah. because until they had to experience that in a new way, they didn't realize, you know, what happens to give you a nice meal, mm. to have a good time. That's true. I had to mention that, too. You know, the other thing about this that, that's important is to mention the sponsors who help fund some of this and keep it going every year to year. Chris, while we have some time, do you want to run down some of the people that are making this possible? Sure. Um, yeah. The sponsors are the heartbeat of what we do because we couldn't let folks know. There'd be no way to, to advertise if we didn't have the great sponsors that we have. That's right. So um, coming in as the main core sponsor is Green Valley Tree. They're really a wonderful partner. Uh, of course, uh, Dog Lane and Green Valley Hospitality, Fairways, the uh, restaurant up at the golf course is a, a new restaurant to us and also a sponsor this year. And, and Fenton River, of course, uh, Coyote Flacco, uh, the Willie Co-op, Casella Waste, Westford Hill uh, Distillers, the Home Selling Team, the Northeastern Chamber of Commerce, which wow. is our partner in crime here for this. Uh, the uh, Della Auctioneers, um, State Farm Insurance, Dietrich Construction, Crane Hill Contracting, Yono, Yoga and Meditation, and Float Tank in town, Wyndham Theater Guild, Willie Brew, Willimantic Renaissance, The Hoot, Click, Meehan and Daughters, Hosmer Mountains, Lopnick Construction, and Cary Gallery to round out all of our local businesses that have come all together to make this happen. Yeah. We're very appreciative of them. And many of them, as you heard, are also participating restaurants. We've got every kind of food, every kind of meal being offered, from cupcakes to um, uh, boba tea and uh, the new pizza place, Square Peg, up in uh, Mansfield is joining forces and right. Hops 44, right. uh, in addition to um, the new restaurant, Haven Hot Chicken. We've got... Uh, the Harp here in town, as well as uh, Fa Delight, which with its new owners that are part of our our group, and of course uh, Stone Row Kitchen and Bar, uh, right. joining with Willie Brew in leading the charge for this. It's been really those two restaurants that have participated heavily with the uh, Fenton River Group, making sure that we've got all of these diverse food partners uh, on board. We've also yeah. got the fish market. So we're yes. not we're not saying you have to be a, a restaurant. They have a robust uh, takeout 
order uh, section sure of what they do. And a lot of people didn't know that until they joined last year. And they said it was phenomenal for them. They didn't. A lot of people didn't know they had prepared food. So, uh, and of course, our brand new Trigo uh, Wood Fire Pizza will be joining oh, the group yeah. this year as yeah. well. Yeah. You know, I came out here from New York in 1978 and fell in love with the area. And running down that list of places, that shows how many things have come along in their own way in just 30 years. And you've found a place to go every single night during this two-week period by listening to that list, right, John? I certainly could. <laughs> I'm not sure my body could handle it, but I think my will is there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's great to see this every year along with the Third Thursday, all the other events happening, the Chocolate Fest. So uh, there is a website, taste2towns.com, if you want to follow up on all this good stuff, taste2towns.com. Uh, do you want to mention some other websites people can also connect to, maybe for well, your own work? Well, I want to let you know that it's yeah. from January 29th to February 11th. That's right. This is the, January 24th, so we're doing it now. Right now. And it's Taste 2, the number two towns, is the way to find the current list. And we've got this really nifty uh, QR code on all of the promotional materials that are being featured uh, out in the restaurants and in town. And if other restaurants should join us, uh, you'll get the update by uh, checking on that QR code. And you'll also be able to find out what each restaurant is offering for their special. Nice. So, you know, any of the restaurants that are listed on the Taste Two Town website also have their uh, full menus available in addition to the Taste Two Towns menu that they'll feature at that particular time. That's really nice. Uh, Chris, one last question, too, with WDNA, the downtown group. I, I know after the holidays, you folks are back to your monthly meetings. Perhaps we'll try to have you back in February or March with people previewing the Chocolate Fest and other things coming up uh, after this week finishes, right? Wonderful. Yeah, we're back yeah. in full gear, and we've got a lovely group of people that have been attending the meetings. We're kind of outgrowing some of the spaces we used to be able to meet because we're uh, attracting more and more folks. So uh, it's important that we continue the um, conversation with all of our business partners and um, keep everybody informed. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for being here. We appreciate you stopping by. I wish you a great campaign. I'll see you. I'll be stopping by along the way. Looking Please forward do. to it. And we'll ha have a great season ahead. Bring your appetite, Joe. Thank you. I've thank got you. it already. The menu itself got me going. Thanks very much, guys. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so we'll take a short break and come back and talk about the Wyndham Theater Guild. They have Steel Magnolias opening in February. We'll talk to the folks. Stay with us. All right, we got everything. I want to hear in. the chocolate cake description again. <laughs> oh, I'm man. hooked. It's uh, yeah, awesome. chocolate. No, listen, the way you the way you, you <laughs> wove it, man, that was good. Let's hear it. Do it one more time. Uh, the, the stout laden chocolate cake yeah. layered with our. It's mousse. Yeah, well, the, it's a chocolate cake made with our stout, and then a layer of chocolate mousse, and then it's uh, draped with uh, oh. chocolate ganache. Have you tried it yet, Chris? <laughs> Uh, I had I split I had a mouthful of it once so I I have to I have to eat the whole thing. Wow. The whole thing is is wow. pretty much quite, so quite the feast. What is your prefix? Not, uh, uh, thirty-five. Yeah, yeah. That's a hell of a deal. That chocolate cake is oh. good. Fantastic as always. It's great Thank to you. see you. Thanks so good much. You Thank you very Take much. You. Oh, good to see you. Take care. Thanks. So okay, much. give my best to Barry when you see him, please. Will do. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay, we'll stay in touch. All right. Yes, we will. Okay. Thanks, John. All righty. Thank you. Okay, how long was our break? We have another minute. I can throw on another commercial. Oh, yeah. uh, come on in. Have a seat here. Here's Welcome something. aboard. Yeah. We got three folks here at the okay. mic. Yeah. All right. All right. Get comfy. Do you want to share a chair with me? 
Sure. You're comfy. You yeah, can you adjust try to the share chair. A chair with me. It's so once you sit, you can adjust the seat. Yeah, sure okay. <laughs> now let me just check here. You want to do uh, thirty seconds? You want another minute? One more minute, baby. One more minute. Yeah. Uh, so I know I got a note from Martha. Karen is here. That's me. Okay, I'm trying to know who's who. Yeah, Thank you, Karen. Uh, Karen Eaves, right? Yes. And I'm sorry. Could I have your name? Dina. Dina. And uh, last name? Uh, Handfield. Handfield. Okay. And uh, are you part of the cast? I am, yes. Who are you embodying? Anel. Ooh, Anel. Okay. <laughs> a local yeah. fit on. I'm sorry, I missed your name before. Uh, I'm Diane. Diane. Phoenix. Phoenix. Phoenix, right? Like Arizona. Wonderful. And uh, who are you? I'm Clary. Clary. And are you joining us as well? Oh, yes. <laughs> all right. We have a full house, Matt. Here we go. You got it. We can do it. This is all right. This is a you small riot. You Welcome. Your name? I'm Hi. Megan. Megan. Sorry. It's all right. Last name? Buswell, B-U-S-W-E-L-L. -L. I'm uh, playing Truvy. I'm sorry, Truvy? Truvy. Truvy. T-R-U-V-E-E. T-U-R-V-Y. Oh, very nice. Like it's spelled in the sheet there. Very nice. I get it. I get it. Actually... You know, Martha just told me, you know, that, you know, Karen was coming in. But I'm mm -hmm. glad you're here. We'll talk about that. It's nice to have the crew sometimes and talk mm -hmm. about what they have to go through. Ten seconds. Yeah. Ten seconds. Right. Well, we're glad you're here. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for having us. You bet. Three, and I'll start with two, you. Okay. One. Hey, how about that? You feel like it's a Marx Brothers film, isn't it, huh? The studio's <laughs> about as full as we can get here and fit everybody in with oxygen. Uh, we're talking about the Wyndham Theater Guild. Steel Magnolias is opening in February, and that's why we're talking to these fine folks. Sitting next to me is the director, Karen Eaves, and we have some cast members with us as well. Uh, we have Dina Hanfield, we have Diane Phoenix, and Mega Boswell. Megan, uh, welcome to the show as well. So one thing we'll do with the director is, is maybe give her a moment to set the stage. I'm sure a lot of us know the storyline. You may have seen the film. It's a classic. And it's always fun to take something and put your own unique flavor to it. So as the director, where did you stretch things? Uh, so first of all, we really wanted to lean in on the idea of female power and female relationships and the effect that they have on each other. Yes. And so uh, absolutely dynamic uh, set for that. You know, we've got a lot of movement going around, a lot of really uh, genuine uh, appreciation for each other. And so we really wanted to lean into that. The story takes place in the South. Yep. And uh, it takes place in a, in a beauty salon where they have an opportunity to kind of shed who they are outside of that space and really be genuine and open with each other and ex and uh, go through their tougher emotions of experiences by leaning on each other. So, yeah. Yeah. So one thing I came across as I was preparing for today is they did their auditions for this around Thanksgiving. Yes. And there were a lot of people. And I just wondered, you're here now, you've gone through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. One thing that I haven't asked someone that might be fun for a minute is how you did the dance with <laughs> the auditions, what's the process like, how do people think it's going to be like versus how it is. And then I'm going to ask you folks about your audition and 
how you got to be the people you are. But sure. you know, talk about that a little bit. All right. So I directed Steel Magnolias for the Wyndham Theater Guild in 2010 as well. Ah. Uh, and I had the same stage manager, so she and I are lifelong friends. And um, when I decided I was going to do this again, I said, okay, I really want to focus on relationships. I want to make sure that this cast, whoever I cast, it is believable that they love each other and that they have been with each other yeah. for their lifetimes. And so I had two nights of auditions and I focused specifically on that. I had people working together, moving in and out of different characters, really trying to see who was, um, you know, sparking with each other. And so that was my intent. I was very clear about that from the beginning. Um, I like to be upfront. And so I said, okay, we're here to have fun. We are here to make sure that uh, the cast is the strongest cast that they can be. And um, so, you know, I gave a little bit of, of, of where I was going to go with the show. And then I kind of let them just have fun on the stage and took a lot of notes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dina, uh, when you auditioned, did you audition for Anel, or did you find out later who was going to be the ultimate match for you? Um, I did originally audition for Anel, yes. Um, when I saw that they had posted the auditions for Steel Magnolias, mm -hmm. um, I actually caught it that day, the second day. Oh. I'd missed the first round, but I was just curious and checked the Wyndham Theatre Guild. Um, and I saw that they were doing auditions at like, I think it was 7 p.m. And oh. I was like, oh, why not? Serendipity. Um, yeah, exactly. Nice. That's excellent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went in for a now. I wasn't, I haven't done theater since I was in high school. Mm -hmm. So it's been a, it's been a hot minute. Um, so it was fun. It was a nice surprise when Karen texted me. Yeah. Well, I'll ask you about that. So this was your first time in a larger theater piece. Yes. Oh, we'll ask about that later. That's great. Now, I've seen you before, Diane. Uh, yes. How did you end up connecting to Phoenix with your, you know, prior years with all your work in theater? What drew you to this woman that said, I, I want to take her for a ride? Well, it's very interesting because I've been doing theater for probably 40 years. Yeah. And... I played Clary 30 years ago wow. as an older woman. I was a younger woman, naturally. Sure. We all start out like that. Yeah. Um, and I am now playing Clary again as the right age. So I had a chance to compare apples and oranges. But I have to admit, working with Karen and this cast, this cast is wonderful. Um, we laugh, we laugh genuinely at these lines. So it's a little bit different than way back then when I had to stretch it. You kind of had you to know. act the line a little exactly. bit. Exactly, I yeah, know yeah, right yeah. now I am the matron of the group right. and it's wonderful relating to them in a different age. Uh, we laugh, we laugh a lot on stage. The lines are funny, but we laugh at each other. It's really great. It, it's a wonderful experience. Let me ask you, with so many years between those two performances, right. how are people reacting to you as her now differently than when you were so much younger with that character? Did you notice the difference and how mean, it fits? The, the, are my fellow actors? Yeah, yeah, how it fits now versus how they maybe reacted to you way back. Um, we were... We were, we were made to be an ensemble for both groups, okay? okay? And I did work with some very fine actors back then. Um, but now, Karen has encouraged us to play with each other offstage as well as on stage. We do oh, things nice. together. So we've become girlfriends. That's sweet. <laughs> That's a real chemistry. That's sweet. Yes, yeah. there is real chemistry. Well done. Yeah. yeah. 
So, Megan, Truvy. Hi. How did you become <laughs> friends with Truvy? How did I become friends with my character? Yeah. Uh, she is based on me. <laughs> no, she... Uh... <laughs> She is Truvy. Everybody keeps, I can hear it. Everybody keeps telling me that that yeah. this is that I'm doing a um, that I'm embodying my character, and um, I am just remembering to hit my marks and deliver my lines sometimes <laughs> successfully. Are you new to theater, or have you been at it for a while? Um, I've been doing like theater stuff, kind of like like all my life. Okay. Um, Okay. I was in the Nutcracker like a lot when I was like. Oh my goodness! Um, so that's that's like yeah. dance theater, but that's very that's very. I've been in other forms. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Like yeah. A, yeah. yeah. Now, also, one thing I like to ask as a director: How did you figure out blocking or lighting or sound? That's so interesting. Space, yeah. okay? She lets us Please. be yeah. us. Yeah. Right? you can say that. Yeah. I, so yeah. I I envisioned the space. And I said, okay, I want this space to really reflect what I think someone who is like putting half effort into it. Because I don't think that Truvy's husband, who you know builds the, the salon for her, I don't think that he really, you know, gives it his all in anything right, that he right. does for Truvy. And so I started from that point of view of like genuinely, what would this look like if it was like slapped together? And I wanted to really, I want the actors. I mean, she, Diane was talking about like how I really want them to to act, be more themselves. I mean, even Meg was saying like she feels like she's typecast. Well, that's on purpose, right? I I picked who I really thought could be Truvy if I was walking down the street, as opposed to someone who could pretend to be Truvy for right. two and a half right. hours on the stage. Yeah. You know? sure. <laughs> yeah. Does yeah, that exactly. does that mean that you picked me because I'm snarky? I did. Uh. I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also again, going back to that relationship. You have piece. Witnesses. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, so yes, yeah, so as I'm envisioning the what's happening on the stage, I want it to feel like it's genuinely happening. I want them to really feel like they're going to the salon, they're seeing their closest friends, mm -hmm. they are spilling their secrets, they are being vulnerable, and they're holding each other up. And that only works if you have it believable. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's everything from the layout of the set, letting them play on the set and, and move themselves around as needed without me going, no, I told you you need to be two inches yeah. further this way, you know. Um, having those that, that open relationship, that open dialogue, but also, you know, having them in their own clothes. Uh, so many times people look so awkward on stage because what they're wearing was made by someone who had you know the template for them, but it wasn't yeah. something that they they're lived in. And sure. these are real women, and what their clothes, what they're wearing, should reflect that. And she asked us in the beginning, what were our colors? Mm -hmm. What colors reflected us? Um, yeah. You have to ask Truvy over here <laughs> how she picks her outfits. <laughs> my, my brand is a Technicolor catastrophe. Yes. <laughs> yeah. like and she lives in. Yeah. I told you I was right snarky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Too many sequins. All the colors. Yeah. And we love her. Mm -hmm. We love her. So, Dina, as the newest kid on the block, mm -hmm. as it were, what was it like for you versus your expectation going in? Um, I can't really speak much about expert. I had no idea what I was walking into. Um, I have no idea how a audition process went really. Nice. Um, gosh, yeah, it was, has been four years. That's a nice years. day to be. It's kind of innocent, uh, completely yeah. clean. Yeah. But actually, so maybe once you got into it, maybe what happened that came to you that may have surprised you or something that kind of said, yeah, I belong here, something. Um, I was reading Anel, um, reading her lines, you know, we would each be given scenes. Oh, yeah. And she was just a very nervous 
character, um, which was not really that hard for me to act <laughs> in that scenario. Um, I was very scared of what I was doing, sure. so um, I guess it was believable enough. So, yeah. here I am. Karen got right on the mark with her. <laughs> she really did. Didn't she? She's so believable as the new kid on the block. Mm -hmm. I remember the, holding the door for you when you came into that audition, and you were just the sweetest little thing. Yeah, like, she is like, sweet. Aw, I like yeah. your outfit. I remember the first time she called for a line. One of the uh, steps in sequence is when you're coming, uh, learning your lines, you get to carry your book around on stage for a little while. Sure. But eventually you got to put that little little emotional support book down and you have to try and remember your lines and the first time that Dina called for line I, I asked that they always call for line in their character voice um, the stage manager missed it she didn't realize that it, that Anel had called for line because she went line <laughs> like in that <laughs> and it was that was yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. Yep. wow you do everything in character after mm -hmm. a while yep including mistakes yes whatever absolutely you just keep, you don't draw mm -hmm. attention to it. Mm -hmm. We're not perfect, but we're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, the difference between the two is the art, mm -hmm. is the fun, right? right? Mm -hmm. Now, I want to mention a website, because this is just one of many productions throughout the year, WyndhamTheaterGuild.org, so it's pretty easy to remember. It's all there now, in fact. It's February 2nd to the 17th. There are evening shows and matinees. Uh, as the director, you've done some other plays. I have, yes. So compared to other ones, how did this shape up compared to what you thought? Now that you're about to blast off and mm -hmm. you've done the, from November until now, how did this go with other experiences? Uh, so I've had really big cast ensembles, things like uh, Funny Way, uh, Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, for instance. You know, right. it was one of the ones that I directed uh, ages ago. But one of the thing that I keep coming back to is this version of Steel Magnolias is drastically different than the time that I did it in 2010. Even though I have the same stage manager, I even have two of the cast members have re, uh, are regracing the stage, one of whom oh. is uh, reviving her, the same character, in fact. Um, Sherry Bain is playing Malin. That's different. Um, and the way that I am directing her, the things I'm pulling out of her, the, the negotiation we're having is different this time. We are 10 years older. We have 10 years more experiences. We had this wonderful conversation um, the play gets a little heavy at the end, and uh, Malin is, uh, you know, carrying a lot of the emotional burden of that delivery. And as I was talking with Sherry about that, and we were talking about, you know, like what I'd asked for before and the life experiences we had, we both, you know, talked about, okay, what what has brought us to these same emotional points in the last ten years, fourteen years, you know, since we've done this for the last time, and it really has brought so much more to the show. And I think that's the piece for me is as much as, you know, the the production is the director's vision, mm -hmm. um, that's not how I approach directing. It's not how I approach teaching. I'm a part-time professor and I've been a high school uh, English teacher for many years. And, oh, wow. and that's not how I approach those relationships. To me, we make it when we're there. And then when we bring that audience in on February 2nd, they're going to be part of making that. Um, experience and so each time that uh, you know you have a show like this, especially one like this where it is so dependent yeah. on the relationships, uh, it's so vital to have those conversations of like, hey, you know, like what are we feeling here? What do you bring into this? Like, what do you, you know, and and really allowing it to be something that we're making together, as opposed to something that like is being dictated or directed um, specifically. Yeah, so. sometimes it feels like it might be imposed in a way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, since this story's been around for a while, how do you think audiences will react today? 
compared to maybe mm-hmm. earlier. Some of the humor may hold, but it may yeah. be different kinds of reaction. We were talking about right. that out in the lobby yeah. when we came in because there are certain um, lines that are dated and they are slightly offensive <laughs> because it takes place in Louisiana in the South. Yeah. And I believe when the playwright wrote it, I don't think he was sensitive to audiences in the future. Just kind of the vernacular of the day. Exactly. I understand. These are Southern women. Yeah. um, Yeah. And some of the things are still, unfortunately, taking part in the South now. Here we are in 2024, and uh, we're still living it in a sense. So did you have to debate uh, how how to play it? You, you know, because it's a sensitive yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's, it's yeah. a tough it's a tough line. <laughs> yeah. um, we did debate it absolutely. At okay. the end of the day, though, we are bound by a licensing agreement. Right. And so there's only uh, yes. so much that we can, you know, kind of mm-hmm. uh, finagle. Mm-hmm. So, sure. uh, for instance, our gals are going to answer cell phones. Um, obviously not a thing that was intended in the original 1980s. At least they were uh, in the yeah. hand cranks, right? <laughs> <laughs> That was too far back. <laughs> I remember him. No, I don't. Yeah, I know. Uh, but, yeah, it's so like we have little things like that where we're trying to kind of, like, really morph um, the setting. So it's not specifically calling out the 80s because we want the play to be timeless. And, and really the story of the way in which women can lean on each other to borrow power when they themselves don't feel powerful, yeah. that's, that is timeless, you know? Yeah. So I think that's been something that is, you know, kind of the, the, the stretching component. I it. think our yeah. audience will understand. It's like going to see the musical Grease. Mm-hmm. Let's face it. Some of the things in Greece would offend somebody, yeah. um, but yeah. we're here to talk about the show and tell people that we're aware. Yeah, we are aware, but unfortunately, like Karen said, for licensing purposes, sure. we have to keep it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a really important point because you preserve the author's integrity. And exactly, that was, it was in that form. So exactly. That's the deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one last question, Diane. Too, since you've been at it for a while, compared. Mm-hmm. What was your challenge? What do you think was the trickiest part for you to get ready? For this role? No, no, I'm sorry. Oh, you mean Megan. 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 My mistake. That's all right. Sorry. The the trickiest part to get ready? Um, Memorizing my lines has been a real challenge. (laughs) I kind of walked into the audition without Mm -hmm. much, um, without thinking too hard. Uh, And I had a, I was dealing with some, um, post-concussion stuff. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so yeah. I, and, and didn't put too much thought into what that meant for memorizing lines and stuff like yeah. that. It's been all right. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm drilling real hard. Glad you're better now. Yeah. And, and yeah, and this is the most supportive cast I've ever been involved with. This is, mm-hmm. I can't believe my luck. I can't believe I got cast. The the people I'm here um, were at the night I auditioned, and um, these are, I, she cast, they cast the people that I would, wanted to work with real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was it was a tough. I was I will say, it's casting was not easy. We had um, twenty five people come out for a six person cast. That's great though. Yeah, that it was absolutely great. Yeah. Absolutely, awesome. but it did make for some tough homework for me. Yeah. You know, a lot of studying of you know the subtle stuff of like as they're coming on and off the stage, who's mm-hmm. interacting with who, you know, in what way are they, you know, what's their body language right. telling me, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Who, may, who may or may not be yeah. suffering from a concussion. I, that I did not suspect. <laughs> did not I promise you. <laughs> <it. laughs> That's really Sorry. sweet as a director. She's kind of orchestrating an improvisation kind mm-hmm. of thing mm-hmm. when you get down to it. 
Well, I'll stop by and see the show. I wish you a oh, great good. run. Oh, yes. good. Again, at Steel Magnolias, February yeah. 2nd to the 17th, right across the street, just about. Uh, WyndhamTheaterGuild.org is the website for tickets, or just stop by. Uh, so I wish you good luck, and we'll look forward to our next Thank thing. you. Are you working on, uh, what's the next play going to be? Have they made their decision in terms of the next one? I don't, oh, well, the next one, yes. The next one, the very next one after us is Puffs. Puffs. Um, which is a, a kind of spoof on Harry Potter uh, in which it, take, it focuses on all the Hufflepuffs and what they're doing during the big action. Um, and so Puffs is currently practicing and will going, be going up at the end of uh, March. Okay, we'll have so, to have people back for that. Absolutely. And we'll have to get our props here and everything in the studio. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, Puffs it is. Yeah. Well, thanks again. I wish you well. Right. Thank, Thank you, you for much. having Thank us. You. Thank, you. Thank you. Okay, we'll take a very short break and come back and talk about the Assets for Artists program, which is a way for artists to get training and business training. Stay with us. Okay. Well, that's great. You Thank folks. You so Thank, you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's fun. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, we'll see you. We'll stop by and see the show. This will be awesome. Thank you. So give my best to Martha and Victor. Will do. Please. I don't want to leave. I know. I, know. I spent oh. 20 years in radio. Oh, uh, in oh, no, because you were here last time. Right. Yeah. I right. enjoy our talks a lot. Yeah. So I You're a natural. Mm, it smells yeah. good <laughs> Theater on the radio, it's, it's hard to find that these days. What? With theater on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. I would yeah. love, I would love to do live, live theater on the air. Mm-hmm. You I mean, know, like serial theater, well, like old time radio. You know? Isn't there a group up at Easter that does it? Yes, and there's a group that uses the Wyndham Theater Guild. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. It's the Promethean Theater. Promethean That's right. right? That's yeah. it. Yeah. 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 And they yeah. do local okay. live radio drama right yeah. here mm-hmm. in town. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, I feel like Michelle Abbey and Sam might have been the one who started. Yes. Okay. Good, good. Thank you so much. All right, folks. Take care of yourselves. Be well. Good luck to everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. For the record, Karen, Mm -hmm. Martha and Pam told me to audition, and they knew I had a concussion. (laughs) My phone. Take care. Bye. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Thank you. All righty. Take care. You too. Yeah, they were fun. Yeah. Actors are cool. Yeah. Okay, so we're, we're just about on time. Thank you for this. We're right on track here. 540 is good. You want to go uh, one minute? One minute's fine. Yeah, all right. And, I'll, and then I'll get you out within a minute. Not too worried. No game tonight, so they can really... Oh, no game. All right. Yeah, we're supposed to be out by 53, but... Well, I did bring some news to share. Got to do what you got to do. <laughs> no, it's okay. So I wouldn't want to offend the crew here. <laughs> Trust me. It's okay. You're good, John. Uh, 40 seconds. I got some more Tom Waits for you, buddy. Oh, nice. Can't wait. Yeah. This is on camera, right? Yes. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Okay. 15. Three, two, one. Okay, we're back live here on the home front. Very happy to have you with us. For the last part of the show this week, we're going to look at the Assets for Artists program 
of Mass MoCA, the Massachusetts Museum of Contemporary Art. I had a conversation recently with uh, with Molly Rideout, the assistant director of the program, and there's some arts training opportunities coming up very soon to help you with business training, marketing your work, and, and getting licensing. There's some very interesting work available for you to help you get started. So I'm gonna uh, share this interview now. There's some good information for you, and then we'll come back. So this is a conversation with Molly Rideout. And right now to open, I'm very happy to have another conversation with Molly Rideout. Uh, she's the assistant director of the Assets for Artists program at Mass MoCA. She's been on several times in the past couple of years, updating us on programs in our part of the state that are for training and business development for artists of all kinds. So a happy belated new year, Molly, and thanks for joining us once again. It's always a pleasure to be on, John. Well, you know, we have a lot to cover in the time that we have, and then the stuff I have, there's a couple of workshops coming up in particular. These are Zoom meetings that are very focused on specific topics. Maybe that's a good starting point for us. Sure, yeah. We have two workshops that are coming up this spring um, that will be open to artists across Connecticut, but uh, with a focus on rural Connecticut, which, uh, as you may know, is all of Northwest Connecticut, at least by the USDA standards. Um, and so the first workshop will be happening in the end of February. And like you right. said, these are all happening on Zoom, so you can do them from the uh, pleasures of your own home. And at the end of February, on the 28th, we'll have a new workshop called Submitting to Literary Markets and Magazines with poet and essayist Yasmin Amelie. And this workshop will be really for folks who have never submitted to literary journals or magazines and are interested in learning kind of what that process is like, um, what to expect, what might be some red flags to avoid. Um, and, you know, as, as a creative writer myself, I know that this is really important information to have, um, what type of platform you're applying on. There's some different standards, uh, to, to be aware of. And I'd say it is definitely for um, folks who are interested in the magazines and journals and less so if you're interested in publishing a book because that's a totally different process. Um, and so, yes, me and this one will be focusing specifically on, you know, those more like regular magazines that come out that maybe they're exclusively for creative writing, maybe creative writing is mixed in. And it could be if you're writing fiction, poems, essays, any of those types of things. You know, I wonder today with the new technology and easy distribution without the whole issue of physical paper and, you know, physical distribution through stores, uh, you know, as much as people like that, do you have a sense in this area of the writing marketplace that the online community is growing and the challenge for a new writer is finding the right match? Because it's overwhelming when you start to search and you just wonder how many of these sites are really sustaining and maintaining in a kind of experimental time. Do you have any sense of the radar as a writer yourself? Yeah, I would say that, you know, the, the creative writing online world is, is vast and it's great because it means that those experimental places can pop up. Um, and I, I know that in this workshop, Yasmin will cover some of the different databases that can help you find and, like, sort based on what type of work you do. And not just genre, but, um, you know, maybe your work is more personal or maybe your work is more research-based and you can kind of get a sense um, of what type of work different places different places are looking at. 
I would say that, yeah, there's lots of emerging um, little online magazines out there, which is great. And, you know, to be able to have ones that are for very specific audiences, too, like a journal that focuses on motherhood or a journal that focuses on, um, you know, Asian-American voices. Um, And so it's it's really possible to find something that that is a, a very close match to the type of work that you're doing. I think that's one of the things that gives me optimism is that you don't have to reach everybody at the mass level to find a life experience that connects just enough people to make it work. And it keeps everything at a scale that's much more manageable, especially for new folks, right, starting out. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say for myself, you know, the conversation I had was, you know, I'm, I'm writing a certain kind of thing. And who do I want to be the ones reading it? And speaking personally, for me, it's important to have my local community reading it. Okay, so how can I disseminate it to that community? And uh, Yes Means Workshop will kind of talk us through what are your goals for publishing, you know, and for that reason of trying to figure out who is your ideal audience. Okay, then you can figure out how to reach that audience and what types of, of journals or websites could could be that and you know maybe it'll end up being that a magazine or a journal isn't the right fit for you maybe just putting something out on facebook is equally you know equally important for whatever your goal is Um, but it's really tailoring it to you as opposed to there's one right way to do everything that's a nice point you made it depends on your goal and what your objectives are and it's nice to even have options to play this way it's a very recent phenomenon that people can really do it as an individual that's really the cool part of the whole thing for me Uh, Just want to mention, in case you've joined us here on the radio, we're talking today to Molly Rideout from Assets for Artists at the Mass MoCA. And uh, the training, uh, the site that you want to go to uh, for information to follow up today is uh, massmoca.org slash workshops. And this way you can connect to these opportunities. There's things that are happening throughout the year. And there's one that I want to ask about briefly about people trying to make a living now and start to begin a small business. They kind of let it grow and not be just a hobby or an avocation, but something sustainable. Can you talk about how people are doing that more and more? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, John. And I I want to do a quick correction of the the URL for folks. It's well, we are a program of Mass MoCA. The fastest way to get to those workshops will assets be for our department's website. Yep, assetsforartists.org slash workshops. Okay. And if you can't remember workshops, if you hit slash Connecticut, you get to see everything we do in Connecticut, and that'll include the workshops. So a okay. couple different ways you can find us. But, yes, the second workshop that will also be online, um, and so you can call in from anywhere. It's not happening till the end of March, so you have a little bit of time to check your calendar. Mm-hmm. On March 28th, we're going to have another new workshop um, with Chelsea Gaia, who is an artist but also a big expert on kind of downtown small business thinking, especially with kind of brick and mortars. But she is expanding that and thinking about, you know, what does it mean to build a sustainable creative business? And it's really for artists who have kind of been doing their work for a while and are now trying to figure out, okay, what's, what, when do I need to take that next kind of business step? Right. Um, and whether that's figuring out what type of business entity I might need. Do I need an LLC or is a sole proprietorship good for me? What do I need to be thinking about in terms of budgeting because I have all these different things, different sources of income from my work, and I need to figure out cash flow across these different projects. 
and when one thing comes in to make sure that I, you know, have lined things up so that it's a, I'm not having to pay something else before that first money comes in. Um, and I think it's going to be an excellent workshop. This one, as well as the other one, will both be three hours. Um, so you'll want to make sure that you're cozy and have some water with you to um, absorb all the, the information that, that we'll be sharing. Um, and I think it, it's especially good for someone who maybe isn't right at the very beginning of their practice, but has kind of figured out a few pieces of where, where they want to go and now needs to figure out the business piece behind all of that. Right. Kind of a structure. Because uh, I know several artists that we've had on have talked about as they think about the assets they have as being a little limited to begin. Uh, if you mm-hmm. leverage those with partners in a collaborative of some kind, sometimes you can create a shared space and you can both do things. And that's something that is a different kind of business approach. But I know people are trying to start with little and not wait anymore, but start with something and partner up. I'm sure you've heard about that approach, right? Yeah, and we actually have have a number of workshops that we've uh, hosted over the last few years that are about that kind of like coming together as a collective in some way, whether it's a formal cooperative model or whether it's a more informal sharing of either, you know, resources. One person's going to do the social media for all three of those artists and the other one's going to look for grants for them, Um, you know, finding ways that we can play to our strengths without all all of us having to be good at everything. Yeah, no, these are great opportunities. You know, looking at the schedule, I know in December you had one about cooperatives in the arts. So that's something that people are looking at more and more. Uh, Yeah. You know, while we have a few minutes left, though, Molly wanted to bring some good news here to localize a lot of this here to Eastern Connecticut State University with a new initiative starting very soon. And uh, I'll just let you give the good news, and we'll give people a chance to get connected to this. Yeah, yeah. so in Northeast Connecticut, we'll be um, in April, the very beginning of April, we'll be hosting an in-person workshop, which is the first one we've been hosting uh, in, in Northeast Connecticut for many, many years because we were doing everything online with, um, with COVID. And so this will actually be in Wilmantic, and it will be an evening on a Friday and then all day on Saturday. And it's a program that some folks might actually be familiar with called Artists U, like Artists University, uh, Artists U. And um, it's put on by a Philadelphia artist named Andrew Simonette, who is a uh, dancer and an author uh, and also teaches this wonderful, wonderful workshop. Um, I actually took it 10 years ago um, when I was living in rural Iowa, and it totally changed my career and the way I thought about my writing. Um, so I, to- I totally recommend it to folks. And the way you can register for this workshop, even though it's not till April, because right. it's a limited workshop and um, a limited capacity, we can only accept you know maybe a dozen people. We're right. asking for folks to submit a form by February 15th. Um, so if you go to our, our website, you can, can do that. And this is going to be a workshop that really just thinks about what's important to you as an artist and how can you make your life thrive and your career, kind of all the different components that you will need to be able to have a kind of the perfect life or as close to the perfect life as you can get as a creative and recognizing that it will be very individualized. Each person's going to have different life goals and different ways to get there. 
Right. It's a shared path. Everybody has their own dance, but you have resources and partners along the way. And, yes, uh, absolutely. That's why it's great to share some time with Molly Rideout, again, from the Assets for Artists program as part of Mass MoCA. The, uh, the, the website, again, I won't massacre at this time, is assetsforartists.org slash workshops for all these and more opportunities throughout the year. And we've mentioned it before, and we'll talk about it next time that we get Molly on the phone. But if you go to the main website, too, you can sign up for a newsletter and information that they can send you throughout the year. As these opportunities come up, they're always trying to reach people. And this is one way to help them with the good work. So, Molly, thanks for being here and for all the good work you folks are doing throughout the year. It was a pleasure to be on, and I'm looking forward to being in Willimantic in a couple months. You bet. As things get more clear, we'll have you back to give more information, and we'll let people know right away how to sign up. Sounds great. Take care. Take care. You too. Thank you, Molly. Okay, we're back live in the show. Just to wrap things up today, I want to thank people from the Wyndham Theater Guild, the Taste for Town crew, and also Molly Ryder. Assetsforartists.org is her website. There's a lot of great information to help you not reinvent the wheel and find your way to better finances as an artist. So that's it for this week. Thanks for sharing some of your time. If you want to get involved here, the studio is available for you anytime. John at humanartsmedia.com is the email, and we'll see you next week. Take care.